Hello. Thank you for listening to this Aspen Abstract Podcast brought to us by a grant from Fresenius Cobby. Today we are discussing evaluation of short-term four oil lipid emulsion versus soybean oil lipid emulsion effect on liver function in adult hospitalized patients, a secondary analysis. This research discussed in this podcast was accepted as an abstract for Aspen 20. As Aspen 20 became a virtual conference, we are now pleased to have this opportunity to learn about this research. My name is Dr. David Evans. I am a trauma critical care surgeon and nutrition support specialist in Ohio. I'll be interviewing Amanda Waldeck, PharmD, and board certified pharmacy specialist, and Alexandra Adler, PharmD, about their team's research at Stony Brook University Hospital, evaluating four oil lipid emulsions as they adopted them into their practice. In particular, they took great care to eliminate confounders in the secondary analysis and through this high-quality analysis are able to offer some new insights regarding anti-inflammatory properties of four-oil emulsions. Thanks today for joining us, Dr. Waldeck and Dr. Adler. First, I wondered if you could start off by telling us about how your organization began to utilize four-oil lipid emulsions and what kind of patient population you were studying. Sure, I'd be happy to. Thank you again for having us on today. So the thought behind starting the use of the four oil lipid emulsion at our institution originated from our nutrition department. The idea behind a lower inflammatory profile was a very intriguing idea. On top of that, although the literature is semi-limited, there didn't seem to be any major safety concerns that was different than the pure soybean oil-based lipid emulsion. So when the product was finally presented to our pharmacy and therapeutics committee, Uh, They agreed to not only use the product, but to actually switch entirely to exclusively use it as our preferred lipid product for our adult parental nutrition patients. And that piece of the decision came more of a medication safety concern so that we didn't have a potential medication error where we dispensed the incorrect product. As far as a patient population, we studied our entire hospital population that received parental nutrition. I would say the vast majority of our patients that we do see are uh, from our surgical services. Great. Were there certain types of patients who you excluded from either your four oil treatment group or from your analysis? So we chose to exclude patients who were on a TPN prior to admission, uh, any patients with any sort of hepatic disease at baseline, patients who did not have any laboratory values available either at baseline or beyond at day seven. Um, This really honed in on the cohort of patients who were started on TPN inpatient and allowed us to analyze the effects uh, of the lipid emulsion on their laboratory parameters. What were you setting out to compare when you started this? Which labs were you primarily looking at? In our primary analysis, um, our goal was to look at uh, changes in liver function. And to to do that, we looked at changes in AST, ALT, alkaline phosphatase, total and direct bilirubin. And we also looked at trends in triglycerides. As part of our secondary analysis, to kind of round that out, uh, we also wanted to trend CRP levels and see if there was a difference in changes in CRP between the two groups. And then I'll hand it over to Amanda to kind of walk us through what kind of confounders we looked at in this secondary analysis. Sure, thank you. So our statistical analysis in our primary portion of the study, we corrected for potential confounders. However, in the secondary analysis, we wanted to dig in deeper and take a closer look at these confounders we originally corrected for to see what kind of influence they actually did have on the overall results. Our goal with this part was to analyze and potentially identify any trends that may have led to worsening liver function while on 
parental nutrition therapy as well. Tell me about what your major findings were. So I'll walk us through some of our CRP data for our secondary analysis. Overall, we found that there was a more significant decrease in CRP in our full oil group as compared to our soybean oil group. In both groups at baseline, the median CRP level was about 13 uh, milligrams per liter. And we saw a decrease of uh, a median of 11 in our four oil group as compared to around five milligrams per liter in our soybean oil group. Additionally, the time to CRP um, decrease was a little bit quicker in our four oil group on an average of 6.6 days compared to 8.4 days in our soybean oil group. So overall, based on this, um, although it was a smaller sample size um, compared to our original analysis, we found that we did, we did overall see trends uh, of a more significant decrease in CRP in the four oil groups specifically. In terms of our propofol data, uh, we identified three patients in our soybean oil group who were on, pro, uh, on propofol concomitantly with TPN, and one, only one patient in our four oil group that was on propofol concomitantly. Of the three patients in the soybean oil group, one patient did not have their lipid dose adjusted for while they were on propofol. And as, actually, as a result of that, we did see a doubling of um, total and direct bilirubin at day seven for that patient. The other two patients, one was a surgical case that had a co-administration of propofol and the lipid emulsion during surgery. And the third patient, his lipids were actually held during propofol infusion. For the four oil group, the one case where we did have um, concomitant propofol and um, lipid emulsion administration, the dose of the lipid was reduced by our nutrition group. So overall, we see that in our study, propofol wasn't a major confounder um, for our result, where most of the time we, we did adjust for propofol usage, um, and aside from that one patient where we did see uh, elevations in total indirect bilirubin. And now Amanda can walk us through our hepatotoxic drug data and our vasopressor data. All right, so I'll start with the vasopressor data just to roll off of the propofol discussion. So we only saw four cases overall of vasopressor use with lipid therapy, and all of them were in the soybean oil group. So we actually evaluated each patient individually to see what the overall trends were. Ultimately, we didn't identify any trends as far as liver function and test changes while also on vasopressors. Uh, we had two patients who saw increases in their total indirect bilirubins. Uh, we had one patient who saw no changes in their LFTs, and then one patient saw an increase in their AST, ALT, and alkaline phosphatase. So interesting, again, no real correlation as far as LFT changes specifically to when vasopressors are given together with that. Um, as for the hepatotoxic drugs, uh, we wanted to repeat the primary analysis and look at the changes from day zero to day seven of our primary analysis, but specifically for a smaller subset of patients who were also on hepatotoxic agents. And we defined hepatotoxic agents as a drug that was listed with at least a 10% or higher risk of causing hepatotoxicity in their adverse effect profile. So overall, we identified 20 patients in the soybean oil group and eight patients in the four oil lipid emulsion group. Uh, the demographics were the same between both groups still. Overall, we actually identified a greater variety of medications plus a higher amount of polypharmacy in the soybean oil group specifically. As far as drug classes, the antifungals and chemotherapy seemed to be the most common drug class utilized in both groups. So what was used was fairly similar. There just seemed to be more of it and more being used together in the soybean oil group. All in all, we saw that there was a slight decrease in most LFT markers and triglycerides in the four oil lipid emulsion group. 
Of course, it's difficult to make any conclusions about this because it is unclear as to whether or not this is a direct result of the lipid emulsion, the fact that we were using concurrent hepatotoxic medications, or potentially a combination of both. However, these findings do support our statistical analysis in the primary portion of the study, at least, since the soybean oil group did see a higher incidence of hepatotoxic agents. So we did correct for this. So I would say all in all, the hepatotoxic agents really seem to be our only major confounder that could have had an influence on the primary findings of our study. Therefore, I would say our general take-home point of this analysis is that medication review should be done for every patient starting on parenteral nutrition, just to double check for hepatotoxic agents. Also, they should be monitored closely for any acute changes in liver function uh, while on parenteral nutrition as well. Those are some really interesting findings. Are you going to make any changes in how you utilize the four oil lipids? I think you gave us some good recommendations for how to review our patients to make sure that they're kind of optimized for it, but are certain people that you are either going to recommend really need them or other patients that you might reconsider whether they should receive them? So yeah, it's interesting because since we made an exclusive switch to the four oil lipid emulsion already, results seem promising similar to other literature that's out there that there's a slight trend towards potential lower LFTs and inflammatory markers, et cetera. So the results are promising, but I think our changes have kind of already been implemented in a way. So this data more supports the practice changes that we have already made. Future, I think definitely uh, closer monitoring of hepatotoxic agents is definitely going to be something that I would like to implement and really educate our pharmacists who are working with the teams and uh, looking at parental nutrition orders to also be checking the medication profile to make sure that they're getting the right labs that they need to and making any interventions that need to be made. Great. Your parenteral nutrition use was longer in the four oil group. Do you think there were any reasons for that? Uh, yeah. So it, it seems like in our primary analysis, we had an average of 23 days on the four oil versus 15 days on the soybean oil group. I don't think we identified a clear reason for that. And in, in general, in our hospital, the, use, the duration of TPN usage is relatively um, low. I think it's likely due to a small sample size where it may have, the data may just has just have been skewed due to that. But overall, I think our results are kind of reassuring in terms of we did not find any differences in liver function tests at day seven or even beyond day seven in our four oil group as compared to our soybean oil group. So despite the fact that they had longer duration on TPN, which puts them at higher risk of developing um, parenteral nutrition associated liver disease, we did not find any differences in LFTs to show that these patients did worse because they were on longer duration of TPN. I thought that your decision to examine hepatotoxic drug use and uh, vasopressor uses were really both unique. In the vasopressor use arena, how do you think that lipid selection might be impacted by vasopressor use? Or how, when you're thinking about patients on pressors, do lipids factor into your strategy to treat inflammation? Yeah, so it is interesting because in our study, we only identified patients in our soybean oil group who were on pressors, and also we had more patients in our propofol group that were on pressor, uh, that were in our soybean oil group that were on propofol at the same time. So it does kind of point to the fact that our soybean oil group may have had more critically ill patients. I do think in general in our po critically ill population who are being started on parenteral nutrition, we do, we do need to be cautious as to when we start them. These patients have a lot of underlying 
disease processes going on that put them at higher risk of, of inflammation, whether it's hypoperfusion, sepsis, and such. Um, but I do, I do not think that in, you know, these results will change our future, uh, our practice in our institution of how we use the lipid emulsion. We'll be using the four oil for all the patients. Uh, I do think it'll be interesting to see if the four oil lipid emulsion will have any anti-inflammatory benefits for these patients um, because of its composition. Thank you, Drs. Waldeck and Adler for joining us today. We also want to thank Fresenius Kabi for providing us the opportunity to discuss this research. And as always, thank you to our audience for listening to this Aspen podcast. That's all for the episode. Please return to the Aspen channel on SoundCloud often to listen to our newest podcast. To support what we do, please share, subscribe, and leave a review over on SoundCloud. Thank you.